the Dare to Decide podcast, where we take a psychological dive into our everyday decisions that shape our relationships, health, and finances. My name is Marion. I'm a former school psychologist who built a multiple six-figure online business, helping thousands of women transform their health and confidence. This is a podcast for women who don't want to settle for a life that is less than what they know deep down they can create. I believe that to begin building the life you truly want, you are just one decision away. This is an Up Level Your Life podcast, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's go. So I would be willing to bet $1,000 that every single person listening to this episode has at least one energy vampire in their life. And I think the term energy vampire is, is kind of dramatic, but it's also kind of true. Like these people walk around society and instead of sucking your blood, they literally suck out your energy. And it's my belief that energy is our most valuable asset. Like we only have so much energy to give each day. And I kind of think of it as currency. So let's say you start out the day with $10 worth of energy and you want to make damn sure that you're spending it in the right areas, right? So you spend maybe $3 of your energy in the morning taking care of your kids and making sure they're off to school in a semi-presentable fashion. And then maybe you spend another $1.50 on your workout and then a project for work. But then you're sitting there at your desk and Becky comes over. In fact, like you feel her before you hear her say, can I bother you for a second? Oh, like, honestly, there goes 50 cents right there with just her voice. And after 10 minutes with Becky, you feel exhausted, like you literally could take a nap. And that's because Becky is what we call an energy vampire. So, and I apologize to any Beckys listening right now. (laughs) I just didn't want to say Karens because I I feel bad for all the Karens out there. Um, So an energy vampire is someone who literally, they suck the energy out of you, but they're not always easy to spot because... There are many different types of energy vampires out there. So in today's episode, I want to quickly share the top six things to look for to spot an energy vampire in the wild. And then I'm going to share a few things that you can do to easily protect your energy so that you aren't giving it away to these these soul suckers. And instead, you can spend your precious energy doing the things you love and giving it to the people you love. So let's dive in. Sign number one that you're probably dealing with an energy vampire is they are always involved with some sort of drama. It's it's as if they've never experienced a day or a period in their life when there wasn't drama. And they'll even create drama when there doesn't need to be any. And it's it's also never their fault. They are always the victim of other people's decisions or of circumstances, right? Maybe that, maybe just that definition right there, you're like, yes, I know that person. (laughs) Sign number two, they love to one up you. So, energy vampires like typically really like titles and certifications. Like the letters at the end of their name means a lot to them. And that's because most energy vampires have a fragile sense of self worth. So, let's say you get a promotion at work you can guarantee that the energy vampire will not be the first one to extend a heartfelt congratulations to you. These are not people who can find genuine joy in the success of others, even if they claim to be your best friend. Heck, even if they're married to you, which 
in that case, I'm sorry. Um, but there's some level of competition or perceived worthiness that an energy vampire is obsessed with that most people do not experience. Because most people experience like great happiness for their friends when they have something worth celebrating, like a promotion, right? So maybe just pay attention to who in your circle doesn't show up with authentic joy next time you have something to celebrate. Sign number three is they diminish your problems in order to focus on their own problems. So let's say, let's say your mom is an energy vampire. You're on the phone with her trying to tell her about something that's been bothering you, and you barely get a few sentences out before you realize that the conversation is already back to talking about her again. You're like, how did that happen? Like, do you do you know anyone like this? It's as though their their life and their problems somehow become the focus of every conversation. And if you're trying to share how your job isn't fulfilling you any longer, they'll reply with something like, oh, honey, I know your job isn't always fun, but at least you have a job right now. Many people don't in today's economy. I mean, do you remember when I had to work for that one awful boss? Speaking of which, have I told you what happened last weekend at the church fundraiser? (laughs) I don't know. So you get what I'm saying here. It's a huge clue that you're dealing with an energy vampire when you find the conversation is always going back to them, especially when you're trying to share a problem. Sign number four, they act like a martyr, like they are professional martyrs, (laughs) really. Energy vampires place their problems squarely on the shoulders of other people. It It is never their fault. Like, it's actually pretty impressive how they take zero responsibility for their own contributions to their difficulties. And this is something they share with a classic narcissist personality, by the way. Like, there's actually quite a few crossover areas, really. But they'll say things like, all I have ever done is show up and support them, and this is the way they treat me. Or, this week started off bad, and it's only gotten worse. Like, it's real Debbie Downer stuff that they share. And that's why oftentimes when you just hear their voice and you, or you see their name on your phone calling you, you immediately get that kind of like, ugh, feeling, because you know what's coming. It's it's a pattern. It's not like a something different is going to happen. Because what they're looking for from you is emotional support to boost their self-esteem. So it's literally as though they're standing in front of you with their hand out, asking you to hand them $2 of, their, of your energy money, which if you only have 10 to start, that's a lot. <laughs> All right, sign number five is they are really, really good with emotional blackmail. So right now, as I'm talking, we are in the holiday season. And energy vampires are very skilled at saying things like, I wish you were coming out here for Christmas. It doesn't even feel like Christmas without you. So then you end up feeling guilty when you really haven't done anything wrong other than make different plans for the holidays. Or if you're going to a work conference... Um, the same one as an energy vampire, they'll make you feel guilty if you don't sit next to them or invite them to join you for your dinner plans. They can feel almost suffocating, but you'll feel like you don't have any other choice because to not invite them or include them would be greatly upsetting to them. So you include them not by choice, but by default. Sign number six, this is the last one. 
Energy vampires are quick to criticize others. And this may not be something that they say out loud. It's often something that they'll do in their heads and maybe share with just a small handful of people people later, like in a gossipy way. Um, They'll especially criticize people who they see as having, in their minds, undeserved success. Because remember, energy vampires are very insecure. They can't be happy for someone else's good fortune because it's always about them. And someone else's accomplishments actually make them feel less accomplished and inadequate. So that's why it's a visceral response for them to immediately criticize that person. Okay, so now that we've identified the signs of an energy vampire, like, how do you go about handling one? So here are just a few tips I want to share with you that I know will make a big difference in preserving your energy and your self-worth. So... The first tip is to curate the people you give your energy to. Just as you you curate your wardrobe and donate pieces that no longer bring you joy, I'm asking you to Marie Kondo up the people in your life. And I realize that you might have to work with someone that you have no choice but to deal with them. So I'll share how to handle that in the next tip. But for right now, we're talking about editing the people in your life that you can control. So let's say you've accomplished something great, like you've built a successful business, um, or maybe you've purchased a beautiful home, or you were just enjoying your life and doing really well. (laughs) Look for the people in your life who aren't happy for you, who don't celebrate your wins, who maybe come across as bitter that you're doing well. And here's where we get to the decision part. You decide the role this person is going to play in your life. You decide how much power to give them, how much energy you're going to give them, and create those boundaries. So just a personal example, I had a, um, I'm doing air quotes here, a friend who was quite possibly the vice president of the Energy Vampire Society. Like, I'm joking, of course, they aren't organized. I don't think they are. (laughs) That would be weird. But if they were, she would be on the board of directors. Like she never once celebrated any of my accomplishments, but she expected everyone around her to celebrate her if something good happened in her world. And she would get me on the phone, you guys, and talk for literally over an hour, which is a lot for me. I don't just text me. (laughs) But it's all about her and her problems and never once would ask how things are going for me. And she would talk about me behind my back, which at first really hurt my feelings, especially since I felt like I'd always done whatever I could to be there for her. And then one day I heard someone say something, just one sentence that changed everything for me. And I believe it was Jim Fortin. And he said, you wouldn't keep toxic garbage in your living room. So why do you keep toxic people in your life? And Boom. I decided right then, I no longer was going to give my energy and time to people who are simply takers. I was going to curate who I spent time with and she didn't, she didn't make the cut. (laughs) And oh my gosh, it was a freedom moment. And when it came to her criticizing me behind my back to others, I decided I was going to become a duck. I would let her words and her talking about me just beat off my back like water dripping onto a duck's back. I wasn't going to allow it to penetrate my energy force field, whatever you want to call it. It just wasn't going to affect me. 
And I realized that if she was talking with any real friends about me, that if they truly were my friends listening, that they would tell her to shut her pie hole and walk away, right? And if not, then I don't need friends like that. So energy vampires typically look for people who are naturally caring, good listeners, people who are empathetic. And if that's you, they'll take advantage of your good heart for as long as you allow it to happen. So it's it's critical that you establish boundaries. In a fantastic book that I want to recommend to anyone who is wanting to create healthy boundaries in their life, it's called Set Boundaries, Find Peace by Nedra Glover uh, Tawab. And she also has a fantastic Instagram account. I highly recommend. I think she has over 1.2 million followers, which she has them for a good reason. She's worth checking out. All right, so now let's talk about people that you cannot just cut out of your life, right? Could be your boss or a coworker or maybe a parent. And the tip number one here is to give clear boundaries right up front. So going back to that example of of Becky coming up to your desk at work, be very clear and concise right away that you are not in a position for a chitty chat. So something like, all right, Becky, I have two minutes until my next appointment. So let's dive right in. How can I help you? (laughs) Right? And she's going to be like, oh, oh, okay. Um, And when those two minutes are up, girl, gather your things, smile and bid her farewell and off you go. It may be that you're just walking to the conference room down the hall or the ladies room. But the point is that you set the boundary and you enforced it and you claimed your power and did not give it away. This also actually works great for phone calls, by the way. So you look at your phone and you see your mom calling. I don't I don't mean to beat up moms, but you see your mom calling and you can answer and say immediately, hey, mom, before we get into a conversation, I need to let you know that I have two minutes before my next call. So, so what's up? And if they ask if you want to call them back, you know, like, oh, honey, if this is not a good time, you want to call me back? You say, no, this is great. What's up? Right? Boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. You dictate them. Another tip um, is what we call the gray rock. So to gray rock someone is when you basically become a boring gray rock. So don't entertain them. Don't give them energy. Don't give them a response. Whether it's your open ear or your sympathy or your support, that that's what they're looking for, and they will lose interest in you because you are a boring gray rock. But it's actually it's actually kind of fun to just to do. Um, it's not mean. It's just you are just embody a rock, and you will see that you're not giving them the energy that they need, and so they'll go find someone else. And lastly, say no way more often. This isn't just for energy vampires. This is for life in general, really. Is do you, when someone says like, "Do you have a moment to talk about something?" You can say, "You know, I don't really right now." Do you want to go grab lunch? Nope, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I mean, you can say it nicer than that. But the point is, we gotta stop acting out of some weird sense of obligation to others and say yes to things that we really don't want to do, and they aren't aligned with how we want to spend our energy. So start saying no more often, and within a week, you're going to start to see how much more energy you ha- you will have. And more energy means more ability to do the things in life that truly matter to you. And isn't that the point of life? Okay, you guys, so 
I hope this episode was helpful. If you know of any friends who have an energy vampire in their life, then maybe share this episode with them. You never know how much it might help them, but at least they'll know that you cared enough to think about them, meaning they're also going to know that you're not an energy vampire, which is a good thing. So, all right. Thanks so much for listening and I will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Dare to Decide podcast. If this was helpful for you, I'd love it if you would please leave a review. It's truly what helps the podcast grow. Even better, tag me on Instagram stories and tell me what you think. I can't wait to hear from you.